for me skating vert i was like kind of more trying to emulate what was happening in the streets like trying to trying to take my street tricks on to the to the vert ramp and you know try to trying to do flip tricks um you know without using the hands and you know skateboarding was dying like i said in in the in the early 90s so we had to make the move to the u.s and we were lucky enough to have uh tony hawk um uh put some money behind it for everyone to come out and he kind of invested into the company and uh um yeah well he was a part of it for a short while but um you know while just kind of letting us run the direction that that um you know germany and the owners wanted to run it unleashed with the dingo and danny fueled by monster energy rune 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 let's all party in rune's room yeah all right i'm in your room now yeah now you're in my room yeah I've, i've been in your room before but now you're in in my room yeah uh, Rune Cliffberg, ladies and gentlemen. So I like I haven't. I'm just gonna read this because I, I I I haven't done this, but I like looked at your achievements. So I'm just gonna start from the beginning. Competed at the first X Games in. Uh, it doesn't say here, but I think 1995. 1995. Yeah. All right. Twelve time X Games medalist, two time X Games gold medals, skate park 2008, 2009. Won every vert competition, Slam City Jam in Vancouver, 96, 98 through 98. Tampa Pro, 2003. Gravity Games, 2001, 2004. Vans Pro Tech Pool Party, 2005, 2007, 2008. Mystic Skate Cup, 2006. And Copenhagen Pro Vert, 2007, 2009. Won 2019 wow. Danish National Championships in park skating and competed in the 2020 Tokyo Olympics uh and you were the oldest uh skate athlete and i think the oldest athlete at um the olympics in japan and you're also a character in um tony hawk's pro skater and obviously many 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 video parts that's fucking crazy you're making me blush over here that was, yeah that is <laughs> Good thing it's not a criminal rap sheet. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what it sounded like a little bit. Like, all right, guilty, guilty, yeah. guilty, guilty. No contest, dude. Um, <laughs> a lot of fun, yeah, and uh, yeah. I mean, that's. Uh, I guess that goes back a while, right? Yeah. You know what I thought was cool was that like you had the opportunity to uh, compete in the Olympics, and then you went and did it like that. Like that. 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 You didn't have to. It was. Um, I think. For me, it was kind of a personal challenge, like being able to qualify like against all the young dudes. And uh, and then also I kind of wanted to um, go there and sort of, uh, yeah, just show some diversity in skateboarding, you know? I mean, there's a lot of like 13-year-old gold medalists and stuff like that going on, you know? So it was nice to, to be able to show skateboarding in like sort of its true form where there's like a lot of there's a huge age span and a lot of inspiration from the older dudes. And, um, I mean, I've always looked up to Lance mountain and all these guys that, that have been before me, you know? And, uh, I think that's a, that's a really important thing in skateboarding. And so, uh, for me personally, that was important that we could, uh, that I could help showcase that to the world. Cause, uh, the Olympics is, you know, it's all competing and it's very kind of square a little bit, you know? So it's nice to be able to throw some sort of, some realness into it, you know, in a way. So uh, that was kind of one, one of my, one of my personal, um, you know, why I wanted to do it. Because I feel like a lot of people that come from your era probably maybe don't think much of the Olympics. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was really frowned upon, uh, you know, early on. But I think now all the kids uh, that skateboard now, I think they just look at it as like, and like they've grown up with the X Games and everything like that. So I think for them, it's just like natural evolution of where skateboarding's going. And I think, I mean, you can still go grind your, your local curb or whatever. It doesn't really take anything away from skateboarding. You know, if you don't, I mean, well, we're talking about it now, but I mean, everyone's already forgotten about it. It's like, whatever, it was like five months ago. And it's like, nobody in skateboarding's talking about it, you know? So uh, it's just going to be one of these things that just happens every, um, you know, every four years. And there's going to be like a, you know, small, small percentage of skateboarders that are actually going to care about it enough to like, you know, put their heart and soul into it. And, oh, this is going to be my next four years that I need to be competing and I'm going to do this for my country and all these things, you know. Um, but I think skateboarding is just going to be skateboarding and people are going to be filming video parts and, you know, bombing hills and doing all the cool shit that we do, you know. Um, yeah. So let's take it back to when, you know, growing up in Denmark and like when, how did you get into skateboarding? Like what was, when, when was, when was Rune Clifford getting um, his first setup? It was a friend of mine from, from school when I was 11. He'd, uh, he'd done a trip out to Texas with his dad and came home with like, I think it was like a Nash, uh, skateboard. It was kind of, kind of a toy in between a toy board and a real pro board. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, I mean, we just started, yeah, like I said, like bombing hills and, you know, not really knowing what to do with the skateboard. And then, uh, after a few months I found, found a local park, there was like a half pipe there and then started skating that and, you know, I'll, you know, skate to school every day and whatever, ollie curbs and try to get little rail slides on whatever we could find, you know, who, who, who were you looking up to then? Um, definitely, uh, Nikki Guerrero, who was, um, from Copenhagen, uh, had just turned pro for, uh, GNS, uh, Gordon and Smith. It's just, I think it's a surfboard brand today, but, uh, it was, that was like one of the top, uh, skateboard brands in the eighties. Um, so him, for him being local and, and everything, um, and he, I mean, he's got great style on a skateboard and, um, yeah, it was just a, a ripper, you know? So he was definitely like my biggest like local influence, but as far as like US guys, I think it was like Chris Miller, uh, Neil Blender, and uh, probably later on like Mark Gonzalez and yeah, Guy Mariano. And just, I mean, there was a lot of influence that came like late eighties to like early nineties, I think, uh, before I ever traveled over to the US. Um, and then obviously like, yeah, Danny and Colin, and yeah. And that came later on. So your first sponsorship was Deathbox, which mm -hmm. then became Flip. Yeah. That was in the early 90s. Yeah. What was what was that scene like? Uh, well, basically, skateboarding was pretty much dying in Europe. Well, I mean, I think it was dying everywhere. Well, this Danny like had early, that question before 90s. we started. Yeah, that's kind of what I was wondering, too, because I know <clears throat> there was like that gray area of vert skating right i grew up in florida like in you know the 90s where yeah. it was like this heyday of zorlac and like it was the coolest thing you could do is like go for me as a kid to go watch these vert events and then it kind of like faded out and i really like you know admire your style of tranny riding where it really like encompassed a lot of what is you know big vert trannies and kind of a mix of that so was it weird like or a different time when you were kind of like reinventing what is vert skating in a way because it was kind of like faded at that time yeah i mean i i mean i wanted to street skate really 
But uh, Jeremy from Flip was like, nah, you're not really that good. <laughs> and, and I was like, yeah, I knew I wasn't that great at street skating, but I mean, I really enjoyed doing it. So he was like, nah, you should just focus on vert and just be, just get fucking really good at that. And, um, and I, so I did that to, to a certain extent, but while still skating a lot of uh, street stuff. So I think um, for me skating vert, I was like, kind of more trying to emulate what was happening in the streets like trying to trying to take my street tricks on to the to the vert ramp and you know try to trying to do flip tricks um you know without using the hands and and those types of things and um yeah i mean yeah flip i mean flip was great I, i'm still with them today you know it's that's my family it's been like over 30 years that i've been riding with those guys and and um you know skateboarding was dying like i said in in the in the early 90s so um they were based in England, so basically we had to make the move to the U.S. and we were lucky enough to have uh, Tony Hawk um, uh, put some money behind it for everyone to come out, and he kind of invested into the company. And uh, um, yeah, well, he was a part of it for a short while, but um, you know, while just kind of letting us run the direction that that um, you know Jeremy and Ian, the owners, wanted to run it. And then their original team, Tom Penny, yeah, Rally, yeah, who else? Uh, myself and Andy Scott was okay. like the original crew that came from Europe out to out to the states, and we were the four pros that came out. And um, I mean, at the time, um, I think within a year or or maybe two years, I think Tom was definitely like known as like probably the best in the world at that time, you know. And uh, and Jeff just I mean right behind him, kind of, you know what I mean, but in a different. I mean, different type of skating, just like one of the guys that was doing really gnarly shit, you know? Um, so I think in that sense, yeah, yeah, not to sound like we fucking created what's skateboarding today, but but those two guys really had a huge impact on what was happening in the States and like how people, how much effort people were putting in. Cause we came from Europe and we were fucking hungry. We were just like, man, well, we're in the States and we want to just skate. And them two just blew up straight away. And I was kind of skating training and skating some other stuff and not the same level of talent as, as they had, but still like, you know, riding the coattails kind of, you know, and uh, just doing as much as I could. But, but they, I mean, they blew up hard and, and made the company huge and, and uh, you know, made it kind of what it is today, you know? Like, what was it like back, like, traveling in a van with those guys, like, around Europe? What, like, what, what, what the fuck's Tom Penny like back then? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It was, it was pretty crazy. We had this, like, it's a transit, like a Ford Transit. I don't know. It was like a European van or whatever. It didn't have any windows in the back or whatever. It was just basically a van and it had this floor. We called the Kit Kat floors, like, you know, it's all like, you know, wavy or whatever. And, uh, so it was like really uncomfortable, but we would like pile, like, at least like 15 15 if not more people in there and like drive from england to all the contests in europe and we were everyone was just kind of like piled in the back lane on top of each other and bags and whatever but it was i mean it was really fun times and um yeah it was it was fucking disgusting but really fun at the same time jeremy would sit in the front just chain smoking cigarettes and there'd be so many people in the van that there would be like nicotine sort of tar <laughs> condensation drips like dripping off the the roof of the van you know i mean it was uh yeah it was it was, it was pretty sick it was fun and like what were the demos like back then like what kind of like were they were the 
you guys are dragging pretty big crowds back then, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, Jeremy's thing was he always wanted, like, he put this super sick team together with pretty much most of all the best European riders. So he just really wanted to showcase that and, um, you know, wanted to show that, um, you know, he had guys that was on par or on level with the guys that would come in fr fr from the US, you know? So, um, yeah, we do a lot of tours and, and uh, everything like that and just kind of, you know, make the, the, the company sort of trying to make a name for the company or whatever, you know? And then was it Deacon's idea to move to America? Uh, I think it was both Ian and, and, um, and Jeremy's idea, you know? Um, and uh, well, I think it was, it was basically out of necessity. I mean, uh, Jeremy, I would go and stay with Jeremy in England for a while. And like, we would basically like shape boards in the warehouse. He had a small little warehouse where we'd like produce and like screen boards. And then we'd like screen print them. And we'd basically like go down, down in the skate park and like sell three boards. And uh, that's how we'd pay for dinner that night. Like that's <laughs> like that's the state of the company basically at that time. You know, it was like it was basically gonna either just be bankrupt or gone, or we had to get to the states to survive. You know, so um, it wasn't like obviously I think they wanted to, but but it wasn't like there was a choice. You know, it was like either we do this or we don't do it at all. Do you think? like the success of flip and even like just skateboarding in general that movement coming to socal coming to the mecca there's danny there's colin was did tony have he had birdhouse at that time did he or did yeah he not? yeah he had birdhouse's birdhouse distribution or blitz distribution and he, and had, he like, invested in flip do many yeah. people know that um probably not yeah they had i think they did like a 10-year contract or something like that where they were him and pair Villander were like part owners and uh i think after 10 years it just expired and then uh the whole company was germanians again or something like that right um yeah i'm i'm not exactly sure what the how the contract was written up or whatever because at that time i think in the mid 90s that's when skateboarding street skateboarding and skateboarding exploded again yeah yeah um and i mean we did have two of the best guys in the world you know and I, th I think tony had already he'd seen uh i mean he'd definitely seen me and andy skate when when you know when he'd come over to europe to to whatever events was going on over there and um and i'm sure he he knew of tom and and uh and jeff too you know so i'm sure he was aware that we could come over and, and you know and uh have potential to to do something you know but i think i mean yeah, credit to Tony. He's he's just always been such a rad and cool guy that's open and to new ideas and interested and just loves skateboarding on all levels. And yeah, that was just I think for him to do that at that time was like it's yeah, it's pretty pretty huge. He he didn't have to do that, you know? Like right. he, he had he had good stuff going on. So Yeah. No, I yeah. think that he's always you know, especially because he went through the crash yeah. and had seen a boom, seen the crash. And I think for him, you know, I think he, without knowing it, he was able to foresee the long future. And for, for whatever reason, you know, it's like he's he's stuck to that. And he still does that today. You know, mm -hmm. I was at yeah. Jason's 50th birthday or 51st, however old. You're you're getting there. You'll have your 50th. <laughs> but I, got, like, I, got, I got like three years ago. Yeah, you're yeah. good. <laughs> but it was just like crazy to see Tony with all – they're all walks of life of people and he's still just these doors open and 
he's still doing the same thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing human right there. So uh, you guys come to America. Are you guys on visas? No visas? What, how are you guys getting in here? Uh, I think I just, first time I think I just came over on a tourist visa. And then like uh, after like, after a few months, like, I don't know, like we'd go to Mexico and like go down there and like see some like sketchy fucking visa immigration officers down there or like lawyers or something. Um, I just remember going down there one time and we like applied for one visa and they're like, oh yeah, you can't get that one. And then we're like, oh, well, maybe we'll just try this one. <laughs> we tried the other one and then, oh yeah, that one works. So it was, yeah, it was, it was really sketchy, but um, yeah, I mean, everything was legit. It wasn't like we were doing anything we weren't supposed to be doing, I think. Nobody got deported? Uh, I think some some people did later on, but... Uh, I got yeah. deported once. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. It huh? happens. Yeah. Build street credit, I think, you know? Kind of, man. Like, going through <laughs> the like, airport handcuffed is pretty badass. Yeah, that, and <laughs> right. especially as, like, a skateboarder, if you can get that uh -huh. going on, that's pretty cool. And then were you guys all living together in a house? Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, when we first came out, um, they got us a little team house, and, like, it was basically... It was, like, a two-bedroom apartment, and it was, like, six six of us staying there Germany and and uh, me Tom Jeff and uh, Andy and um yeah I'd have my spot that was like underneath the stairs and like the living room and like <laughs> Germany and both had the room upstairs like uh, I think Jeff had a room upstairs and um yeah it was it was pretty ghetto but me and Tom were basically living down in the in the living room um but uh, yeah, we were right next to the Huntington Park, so and like Huntington High, so we could go and skate all the spots that we'd seen in, in the videos. We lived right close to Ed Templeton, and uh, we'd go skate with him, and yeah, just uh, whoever was around in Huntington at that time. And um, for me, I think it was. I mean, I didn't really. I mean, I could have slept whatever fucking outside in the rain like right. i was just happy to be in california skateboarding uh being next to all the all the spots that i'd seen like in in videos and stuff and photos and magazines growing up so just like just being able to i remember the f i think the first night we we went there we just went to huntington high which is right around the corner and uh there was like these famous handrails that ed had skated the ones with the kink on the end like they were kind of like short and stubby with a kink and uh it was just kind of like stepping onto like a movie set or something for me and like we'd go and skate red curbs and go to taco bell and like all these like american things that you that you couldn't do uh sort of back home you know so it was i mean it was a fantastic experience at the time uh and you know i'm I mean, you know, i'm still super happy to to come to america every time i come over here now um after i've moved back i'm always like yeah it's fucking so great to be back over here and just um yeah it's just a, a whole different vibe than europe when did you start skating like vert uh pretty much straight away when i started skating yeah but i always i mean i always skated everything uh especially when i was younger um but even today i mean i'll go skate street with my with my friends i'm kind of clumsy these days more than i was earlier but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i can still i mean i can still get down and get some tray flips and whatever uh yeah yeah so in 97 you got second at x games for right behind tony Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? Uh, vaguely. <laughs> uh, uh, must have been San Diego, right? Yeah. You say 97? 97. Yeah, probably San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. And who were the, at that time, it was Tony, yourself, Danny, Colin. There was like a lot of like 
like Vert, because what we were talking about before, like Vert had had its crash and then uh-huh. in the mid 90s, Vert kind of like came back. Yeah, I think uh, it kind of, you know, had a little boost with the X Games and everything, kind of brought it back to life a little bit. And, um, you know, that's kind of what the mainstream sort of understood. And, and there was still a fair amount of really good vert skaters around, you know, um, like the Papa's brothers and like Brian Howard. And yeah, there was, I mean, there was guys that looked great on a skateboard and, uh, you know, some guys that are still, still ripping today, you know? Um, but I think, I mean, compared to street skating, it wasn't, I mean, we weren't embraced the same way in like the magazines and stuff like that, but there was still sort of like a more mainstream outlet. And I think for, for uh, you know, like a few of us that were going a little bit more of a tech route, which was pretty much what you had to do in, in the 90s, I think, uh, there were still like opportunities to be sort of part of, uh, you know, like core skateboarding, like the magazines and getting in with the cool sponsors and all that kind of stuff. Um, I remember I got on action uh, with Kareem Campbell and, uh, you know, like that was for me, that was just kind of like mind blowing. It was like the most like tech shoe company, like street vibe, straight L.A., just super like hip hop 90s, sort of like that was like the the vibe of the company. And then they put me on like a vert skater. Like to me, I was like super blown away that that was even possible. But um, yeah, it was fucking rad. Did you did you take like a lot of your like technical street skating? Did you re- kind of implement that or look up to that to put that into like your vert skating? I mean, that's what I wanted to do. And uh, I, I feel like that's what I was doing. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's up to the audience to decide, but it was definitely what I was trying to do, you know? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think it was definitely super transparent, you know, like yeah. seeing the way you would ride <clears throat> the lip of the vert was really like almost like high speed, like, you know, not curb skating or ledge skating in a way, you know, like probably some of the first like true kickflip back lip slides and yeah, you know, yeah. tails and grinds where it was like you really had a different skate style on the coping than a lot of other people yeah and i think it really came across as like a well-rounded like more all-around kind of vert style in a sense you know yeah and i think it gave definitely gave me like one of those favorites to watch for sure you know because i grew up like i said you know in florida days where it was like and i still kind of view almost vert as like one of the funnest spectator events because it's so easy to sit right there in the middle of the ramp and see like everything as it's happening you know yeah 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 i mean fuck for me it was like i just well it was both danny and colin but they always had that style like the all plan b videos and stuff you know and uh i think especially colin just has like the most like he couldn't look more more like a street skater than he does on a vert ramp, and like yeah. the, his trick selection and what he was doing was like you know like frontside no slides and just yeah just stuff that nobody else was really doing, um, yeah. So I I mean I was kind of trying to emulate those guys and try to you know still have my 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 own trick selection, but still like the style and like how I want it to look was kind of like what what they were already doing, you know I think, yeah that's pretty cool to like have that ability to really look at street skating for you know in the vert world and the yeah. big you know big trannies and be like whoa i could make that trick work too right like right. here where it's different right because a lot of other people are 
you know, used to, you know, going for big air and this and that. And you're getting to like kind of watch his full street video parts and stuff and watch your friends and be like, wow. Yeah. I still see that today. Like I look at like vert skating today and I, I like, especially when I'm watching contests and stuff like that, I'm like, man, we need to see some more lip tricks. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's just like just a bunch of airs and flip tricks and spins in the air. But I'm just like missing like, yeah, you could do the massive air on one corner of the ramp and then just shoot across the whole ramp with like a, a tail slide or whatever, you know, something to just give like give that feel of like skating, like you said, skating a ledge or something like that, you know? Yeah, I feel like um, Colin used to win like best tricks doing lip tricks. Yeah, oh, in, for sure. In invert contest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk flip videos. Oh, yeah. Because like me growing up as a kid, like those videos... Sorry is probably one of the best skateboard videos I think ever made. Yeah, and I just went I, back I and watched it, and then I forgot. And then your music part was to Prodigy, which is even sicker. Yeah, not really a lot of people understood that at the time, I think. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think people are maybe hip to the Prodigy, you know, or like that style of music or whatever. But to me, to to like choose that song and and like to go that direction, to me, it was kind of like. I look at it as like, it's like electro punk. Like when I listen to it, I'm like, this is kind of like punk music, but then it's just like made with different sounds. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, but yeah, the video was amazing. And um, yeah, I think, I mean, my part was probably the one that was maybe not the, not the least liked, but definitely like not one of the ones that you really remember um, unless you're like into skate and vert. But I think, I mean, Everything with, you know, like with what Tom was doing and, um, you know, Allie and like there was like this mysterious vibe about it where it was like you had all the our like whatever top pros at like Jeff and Appleyard and Arto and like they were just full on banger parts. But then you'd have weird stuff with like Bulala and Tom that was kind of mysterious. And what are they doing there in Europe? Like this was like really before a lot of people were were skating that much in Europe and Tom was skating a mini ramp and it, I don't know. It was just kind of like odd and weird, you know? Um, but it was, yeah, it was a pretty, pretty rad sort of um, team of guys, like a rad group of guys, you know, that um, all brought like their own individual sort of uh, vibe into it, you know? Yeah, but I think that was like the recipe of the success, right? Everyone had their own kind of vibe. Everybody was like rock star-ish on, on their own accord. And then yeah. you throw that all into a melting pot and it just kind of worked. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely like encompassed, I mean, all of the great areas of skating. And then I think it was probably one of like the first videos I'd seen really in skateboarding where it also like encompassed this really like out of the box with, um, who was it from uh, well, the Anarchist? Why is it the yeah. band from... Johnny Rotten. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah we, and then we, like we, including yeah, the Sex Pistols, it was just yeah. like definitely this recipe for what is like the most awesome in a way, like punk skateboarding, not just the music, but the actual like lifestyle of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that definitely brought a cool element into it, him like introducing all the writers and everything. Um, and yeah, yeah, I just think. Yeah, it just it was. And it did you guys know that was happening, or was that something you saw like after the editing? Um, I knew it was happening, but um, yeah, I mean, Jeremy always had like super 
rad and interesting ideas, you know? And I think like, even like the soundtrack of that whole skate video is pretty on point when yep. you look back at it, you know, a lot of like really um, big names. And it was kind of like, it was kind of like back when you could do that because you try to do that today and like most like record companies and stuff are like hip to skateboarding and what's going on with skateboarding. So they want like really big money for it now. Yeah, you I can't think, either steal them or they're not going to give them to you really cheap. Yeah, gonna, yeah. No. <laughs> and I think like at the time, I mean, we definitely paid probably a lot of money for, for, for the songs, but not like anything like what you'd be paying today, you know, like a hundred grand for a song or something like that. Probably. Yeah. Like if you try to get whatever, some like major band, you know. Is skateboarding, have we, is, is that, does that still happen in skateboarding? Teams like this, videos like this, like, is it, is it, is it, because back in the day, there used to be all these different teams and they would put out their videos and whether you're a Moscow fan, what there was something for everybody. Yeah. And I feel like that, that we don't, do we, we don't have that as much anymore, right? It's definitely more rare, I think. And, um, yeah, I mean, with, Instagram and uh, everything that's going on online, it's definitely harder to, um, you know, like sit on really good footage and wait for a release and sort of like put something together and work on it, you know, for a year or maybe more than a year. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think a lot of people just they just want their stuff to come out, you know, um, and not a lot of lot, a lot of the kids aren't like um, really into sitting on stuff you know because then again like somebody else might do like a tr similar trick or the same trick on like that spot that you're trying to you know do something on so i think it's it's definitely harder now to like hold on to your stuff because back then you knew that everyone was sort of holding on to their um you know footage yeah i think like like it's definitely lacking a bit in the in skating right now like you said because everyone's putting it out so much and i think one thing maybe like they're missing out on is like that team aspect that brings mm -hmm. in every skate fan who, you know, watched Sorry was like, okay, I love this video. I may not be a super street fan or super this fan, but like the whole package. And I think Instagram really is pushing people to kind of just show their own. Yeah. And yeah. not like so their crew. Thing, and yeah. I think in skateboarding, it's like we all grew up with that crew. Yeah. And it's like important to have, I think, you know, that identity. Yeah, of course, by yourself, but also like the group aspect really brings in so many more fans into everyone's yeah. viewer base, you know? I mean, that's definitely this, the mentality that I grew up like looking at, like looking at the old Bones Brigade videos and stuff like that. It's like that was, you know, like the Bones Brigade, Tony. Tommy Guerrero, Steve Cavallero, Lance Mountain, Mike McGill, like that was like this magical group of guys that was, you know what I mean? Like they were like portrayed as like a family and all this kind of thing, you know? And uh, yeah, you're right. That stuff's definitely like, it's it's hard to come by these days, or at least it's it's not very visible. Like some people, some people try to do it. And I think also it's harder to, to get everyone together like that because now it's so easy to just look up a spot and, you know like travel to go somewhere to skate or you can you know a filmer or you hook up with people like back then you had to like all right let's take these guys bring them to japan have them film over there or like you know we'll go to the midwest or whatever it is you know and uh now it's like everyone's just like oh i'm just gonna book my flight and i'm leaving tomorrow and now oh, hey if you guys want to come meet me cool if not then I'm, i'll just link up with some homies yep. out there or whatever you know um so i think 
yeah the world's changed a lot you know yeah i sound old now no, I, <laughs> well it, speaking of sounding old and i'm kind of up there with you for sure but i wanted to see like because you just mentioned the bones brigade but for me like the search for animal chin was such a rad movie because yeah. it was like skating and this weird mix of almost like real movie like real yeah. hollywood stuff yeah. but that ramp in that movie search for animal chin did you just like watch that and dream about that ramp like oh for sure yeah the, i mean yeah the whole thing uh what was named johnny rad and like them going to the, the whatever that bar and like meeting that dude uh -huh, and, yeah. like the like the whole thing was just rad and you know like lance when they cut the that car and cut the the, the, uh, the wing off the Cadillac off, right? or whatever and he's like hanging out of the trunk and all all that kind of stuff it was just just made it fun and like really you just saw this super rad group of dudes you know uh yeah something so, you want to be a part of you know so like, do you do you think like what is it harder now growing up to become a pro from Europe or you or do you actually think it's harder because I, I feel like I've seen less European pros and if I do I'm like who, who is that kid or, or is there is there like a divide there uh i think it's definitely easier today um back when we came out to the states like 94 or whatever with flip um it was like you had to be in california otherwise you were pretty much not getting through yep. anywhere because you had to be in cali because this is where you know thrasher and trans world were at and uh you know all the major companies were here and uh whatever whatever minor like video outlets were here or whatever, like four in one and, and this kind of thing. Like that's where, if you wanted to be seen in skateboarding, that's, you had to be here, you know? Um, but now with Instagram and, you know, like all like a massive online outlet, it's like definitely a lot easier to, to um, you know, be a pro and, and not have to, you know, really leave yep. your, your, where you're from, you know? What's your opinion on, uh, you know, sk skateboarding culture has now been, it's fucking everywhere. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, you look from how popular Supreme is, you look to like high-end fashion labels utilizing skateboards and skateboard culture. You look at Thrasher, the logo of the people that wear it now that a lot of those people have never even got on a skateboard. Like, what's your opinion on where the culture of skateboarding's ended up to where it kind of started? It's not like anyone really owns skateboarding, you know? So it's like, it's for everyone. And today, like it's pop culture today, right? Skateboarding. More than ever. Basically. Um, so, I mean, I think my view on it is like, it, I mean, it's cool. I can't, I mean, I can't keep skateboarding to myself and just my friends and we're the only ones that are allowed to have fun with it and know about it and all this kind of thing. Like, like how it's more like maybe like a little bit holy or whatever, like when, when I was a kid. So, I mean, fuck, if you like to skateboard, go for it. Like, you know, um, it's, you know, it's just, there's just different, I think, levels and tiers of what's going on in skateboarding right now. You know, you got the you got the Olympics right at the top, and then you got fucking just the full uh, street hardcore sort of grimy, dirty thing right at the bottom, and then you have everything in in, in between. You know, like all these different levels of contests and magazines and all these other weird outlets and graphics and you know clothing companies and all this other stuff that kind of make skateboarding as a whole but it's i mean skateboarding is 
so well liked now like like you said like major fashion <laughs> labels want to be a part of it and like you know like everybody wants a little piece and uh in a sense i guess maybe it's sad but uh, but on the other hand it's just really i think also uh creates a lot of opportunities and it's making skateboarding more sort of a, like a legit thing that that you know that you can do without people sort of um you know looking down on you and telling you you can't do it or whatever and i mean the skate parks everywhere and you know like so it's it's accessible and it's it's fun so i mean uh i i certainly don't really mind all that much that that more people you know are getting into it and we can still laugh you know at the people that are you know mall grabbing with their christmas setup you know brand new just straight out of the box never been grinded never been you know rail slid or whatever and uh you know they're they're they want to be part of it and yeah you know just like i'll go to a basketball game and maybe have never well i've shot hoops a couple of times but i'm not like into into playing basketball all the time it's not i don't have to be that into like an activity yeah a sport or music or whatever to enjoy it and just you know like everyone everyone's allowed <laughs> i guess no, it's, no I, I, it just popped into my head and i was like i wonder what rune thinks about this because I, yeah you know i got competed the first fucking x games and competed at the first olympics how would you use that in between I I I want to hear your opinion because you're I'm one in. of the guys that can't complain about it because I'm if if I'm complaining about it, I mean fuck if anybody I'm probably part of the problem right <laughs> <laughs> definitely making more I, 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 I have created this beast you know <laughs> yeah no I mean you all did and I think that's what's I think the the thing that'll never change about skateboarding is those moments of growing up and learning your first kickflip or like you know getting your first blunt to fakie you know and those like those memories will never change for anyone but also it's those kids that you learned it with yeah you know that you'll have those memories with and i think you definitely have a lot more people yelling at people in those thrasher hoodies to bust a kickflip well that's it I, i'm I, sure I, people have I, seen I like i don't think on the road and they're like do a kickflip <laughs> and he's like kickflip to what yeah <laughs> back tail back yeah. lip how do you want it and they're like oh shit never mind i don't think yeah. phelps Bust a heel flip <laughs> i don't think phelps's idea of a kardashian wearing a sweatshirt was was his thing but it ended up that way <laughs> yeah 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 i mean fuck like i said you know you can't i mean you can't like try to contain it and keep it yours forever you know it's it's just even cool like i was like over the time you've just seen you know like even music little wayne and these people come in and they like embrace the culture and you know mm -hmm. it's 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 that that obviously helps the sport too you know and it's yeah. like even for someone like that i've seen it i've seen that dude show up to a skate contest at nine in the morning to like support skateboarding it's like you know he's he's clearly into it and he's definitely gotten better over the time but you know when people like that are are are, are into it yeah it becomes a part of pop culture that's mm -hmm. you know not not really going anywhere yeah yeah yeah. Um, speaking of like progression and like where skateboarding going, you know, you have uh, your own, you know, you build your own parks, and then also like the Copenhagen Pro. Do you, you and did you is that did you start that? Is that yours? No, where no, did that... I can't take. Uh, it's a few friends of mine, but uh, yeah. I definitely like helped them along in the beginning. I mean, Copenhagen Open's been going for probably at least fifteen years now, or something like that. Okay, um, and uh, yeah, I helped them. Like in the beginning, get introducing them to certain people out here, um, you know, to try to get sponsorship and, uh, you know, always, always happy to help and always happy to, um, you know, 
showcase our beautiful city because um, that was always one of my things when I was growing up. Um, I always wanted to come, people to come to Copenhagen in the summer. Come and see how rad it is. And, you know, I'll take you to Christiania and have you experience all these rad things. You know, yeah, we get drunk and it's fun. And there's beautiful girls on the bikes everywhere. And, you know, yeah, come check it out. And and uh, I think Copenhagen Open was just like another sort of extension of that mentality of like, hey, come come check out our vibe and what we got going here. We want to share it with the world, you know? And uh, I don't think I've ever really met anyone who's been to Copenhagen and not had like, like enjoyed it or had the time of their life, you know? Um, so yeah, in that sense, it's great to, to be able to share. And um, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of circus that comes into town, you know? Um, but you know, once that week's over, everything's back to normal. And uh, yeah, we just, you know, get on our bikes still and uh, yeah city is still fantastic it seems like a fun circus though it seems like it's the one that uh, all the skateboarders the enjoy going to yeah yeah it's definitely like the best skateboard uh gathering um in the world i'm not i'm not even gonna call it a contest because it's not really about the contest it's more about um like everything that's going on it seems like things just pop it. up a, during it yeah it's like more of a celebration of skateboarding and a celebration of copenhagen yeah you know, i think yeah, yeah. really like it's kind of i've seen it kind of blow up over the last few years where to me it looked like kind of the funnest skate event going on in the world truthfully i mean i had friends who would go there and just be like they didn't even skate in it and they just said it was the best time ever and then there you go it reminded me a lot of like those early like seeing those crazy demos where you have like this little alley open way of people and then people are skating like this one obstacle and there's a hundred people on the left 200 people on the right and just like cheering everyone on it looked so fun like yeah there's no uh there's no you know uh grandstands or vip uh wristbands or anything like that i mean everyone's just there together you know you're shoulder to shoulder with uh Costin or Nija or whoever your favorite skateboarder might be you know um who's your and, favorite skateboarder Ooh, uh, i should have never brought up brought that up huh <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's my favorite skateboarder I don't know that is a really tough question I have a lot of favorite skateboarders okay um, the, I nearly got him Dan like, work on him Dan work on I him I can work on him we'll, we'll break him apart here <laughs> and there uh, what younger skateboarders motivated you the most over the last like two or three years um, either to ride with or to watch whew. I always, I always uh, get put on the spot. And my my brain just goes blank when I when I get these kind of questions. He's like Rude uh, Cliffber. <laughs> I know. I was like, "Jeez, I could throw out some names." Um, <laughs> no. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, obviously Jimmy Wilkins is amazing, uh, but there's, I mean, there's a lot of rad dudes out there. Um, Oski, you know, uh, but. I mean, are we talking Groms? So what are we like? What are we talking about? We're just talking uh, about dudes. I mean, that yeah, just, I guess I was kind of asking the question about like a Grom or someone that just like really like you got to skate with over the last like yeah. two years, where you were like that session was fun. Like that made me feel like I was in my teens again. Right, right. Yeah, usually, usually skating with Oski is pretty pretty rad. Um, 
Uh, and is he from Denmark? Or he's Finland? he's from uh, he's from Sweden actually. Sweden. And he, he almost he, got a tan. I, I was like, <laughs> I was bordering it all out there. <laughs> no, yeah. but he but he's from Malmo, which is uh, pretty close to Copenhagen. It's just like across the the bridge, like you can look across the water and see Sweden on the on the right. It's all there. like right there: Sweden, Norway, yeah. Denmark. Yeah, and does that, are, Dan, do you count as a Scandinavian or no? Poland, in yeah, Denmark, yeah, are. yeah. We're I think are you we're a like, Yeah, we're you look like, like one. We're like the most southern uh, Scandinavian country, I guess. Yeah. Ah, uh, but Germany's not. No. Uh, no. <laughs> Stoskin. <laughs> and England's not either, right? No. But England may have broke off a long time ago. Yeah. They're still broken off, dude. Oh. <laughs> Danny, Danny wanted to know uh, what it was like uh, growing up. Did you used to go to Amsterdam a lot? Yeah. I used to. Do you guys do van trips to I Amsterdam used to, or what? Yeah, I yeah, and uh, I used to book flights through Amsterdam just so I could like run into the city on my like layover. Just like if I had like three hours, I'll just like have my boarding pass and just like grab my bag and just like take a taxi to Amsterdam and then come back to the airport in like two and a half hours. It was pretty silly, but uh, yeah, but I, yeah, I, I, I love it. I love Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I still finding myself taking six, eight hour layovers. <laughs> it's a great airport. Yeah. It's a great, great airport. airport. Yeah. I went through yeah. that airport in a dress once. We came from Japan and we tried to remake, do the remake of. Uh, oh, you were so mad. What was this? I remember this. You had to dress like a woman or I something. I dressed like Princess Leia. Oh, okay. I went through customs. We came from Japan where we were like. We we had done this like we had dressed up in like Mario Kart, yeah. And the idea was for us all to be different characters and come running through the Amsterdam airport. And I I went through in a dress. I I, I went white through, dress. Yeah, we checked in went yeah. through customs in a white dress. Nice. I was pissed. That was a crazy Amsterdam experience for sure. We we found like a not a, a circus but like a little carnival with like the crazy rides. Uh -huh. you know, the one like the salt and pepper one that like spins, but you get in one pod. Yeah. That yeah, was we, the scariest experience in my life because I think mushrooms were legal also in Amsterdam at that time. I mean, you could buy them at the store, so whatever that means. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it means a lot of people are running around with some in their pocket, I guess. <laughs> I think that's all done now, though. The red light district closed down. No, it didn't. That's what I heard. I don't know. It seems pretty like not the best idea with COVID, at least. I yeah, don't know. no, but I don't no, know if I feel that like, had anything to do with it. I mean, I haven't been there in years, but like, I, 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 I feel like um, they went through a tourism thing where they were only getting that type of tourists, so they like tried to like change it and go from there. Yeah, I went there um, maybe like a year and a half ago. I drove down because uh, we had designed one of the their biggest new skate park there in Amsterdam, and. Um, it was really cool because it was like in the middle of summer and there was no tourists. It was like a whole different place. It was amazing. Yeah, because so it's it like only local tourists. Yeah, right? yeah, like no only locals. Americans peeing. In yeah, and no, yeah, no one from <laughs> everywhere else in Europe and whatever. Yeah, so it was, it was a totally different experience, which was kind of cool. And what's the um, the where is the skate park you built? Uh, it's called. It's on uh, Seborga Island, which is like it's basically like a fifteen-minute bike ride from Central Station. Um, and what's the name of this uh, skateboard park building company? Uh, it's called Glyphberg Like. It's basically me and my partner. Uh, his name's Ebba Like, and uh, yeah, so we. Um, we try to look at skate park design on from a more sort of aesthetic approach 
and um, integrating uh, skate parks and stuff into uh, regular public spaces um, and uh, try to make it so it's it's not so boring and not so traditional yeah um so yeah we've uh we've been lucky and fortunate enough to um to do some pretty crazy projects here and there that are just like yeah thinking outside of the box and are like a lot different to to what you normally see the latest one we had open was in copenhagen it just opened uh actually on halloween uh on october 31st last year 2021 and um it's uh basically a little over half a mile long and it's just like basically like a drainage ditch that goes all the way down so it's not it doesn't really have any like rails or anything like that but it's just like a lot of like ditch sort of uh hips and um weird sort of like uh weird ledges and stuff like that that's like built into the top and um it's got one bowl but everything is like um part of uh water management for for the area and there's uh 1400 new um apartments being built right there along the whole uh, side down so it's like it's part of like a park so it's basically um except when it's raining and then it's yeah, a real drainage ditch yeah or but, it's a but slip it, and slide but it'll only be like once uh like every five or ten years where you get these super heavy rains where you know where where you can't where um it you know, your, your regular drainage system can't like manage it or whatever um so yeah stuff like that's really cool and it's like yeah it's just uh it's basically just like a public park for for everyone to just go and enjoy uh, and it's got loads of like green areas and um you know you got uh, your like little football fields and stuff like that that's awesome yeah well we appreciate you here at monster energy Rune. Uh -huh. maybe one of the most diverse skateboarders of all time but danny has this lightning round that he does at the end oh shit takes it very serious he's that up late at night that's why um, my brain goes blank yeah, yeah this but i'll this, try this is yeah, where i'm gonna take blank. out all the skateboarders don't his favorite skateboarder is take that one out i'm taking that one out <laughs> And ask him who his favorite rollerblader is. <laughs> you probably got a better chance, dude. Did you, what about? Were you ever at X Games and watched the vert uh, rollerblading? <laughs> yes, yeah. that shit blew my mind, and I yeah, was kind of was... bummed when they took vert rollerblading out. <laughs> Those two brothers, right? Yeah, they used to send it. Yeah. Was, like, oh yeah, Japanese. that was that was later. On. That was later on. Yeah, that was that was the tail end of it. But uh, yeah, there was some other names early on. Somebody tried convincing me yesterday that Rollerblade's coming back. Someone, the Airman Edwards, yeah. was one of them. I forget his first name. Oh, Sir, Chris, Sir Chris, Ch the Airman Edwards, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I actually maybe, watched maybe the video that up. of a guy jumping <clears throat> off the Eiffel Tower on rollerblades. Oh, Did he survive? Okay. He lands in the knee slides, but he was like, like how high up? What? Like from like the, the middle tier, and he drops like maybe sixty feet to this huge ramp. Bullshit! I swear. Oh, what in into a quarter pipe? Yeah, into a quarter pipe. Whoa! Yeah. All right, that's crazy. I know. Well, I thought you were no gonna Eiffel say like Tower with a with a, Denmark, with a so. uh, like a base jump or something like that. And he like <laughs> rollerbladed out of it when he landed. <laughs> no, he. No, th so this is a straight send. This is a real thing. It's <laughs> not. Yeah, it's no joke. Okay. Uh, all right. So let's start this lightning round question. Just okay. you know, the first or last thing that comes to your mind, of course. Uh huh. Um, what was your biggest culture shock moving to the U.S. from Denmark? Uh, red curbs. Huh. Um, favorite Danish food you miss when you're away? Rye bread. Um, this is what everyone wants to know. When hitting the sauna, 
bathing suit or no suit? Uh, I'm kind of a, yeah, I'll go in my, sh I'm like in my shorts. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, cause I feel like you'd probably have a moment where like you'd meet some skate fans in the sauna and they'd be like, are you rude? Yeah. Glyphberg. <laughs> and I'd be like, obviously. <laughs> How do you? <laughs> I didn't know. Uh, favorite analog point and shoot camera. Oh, I don't know. I have this little Leica Mini 2. Uh, that's my personal favorite that I have. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Is that but, an old school Leica or a new yeah, one? Just yeah, don't ask like Rob his favorite yeah. anything. Yeah, it's is. An I know, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> worst vert skater of all time. <laughs> worst? Ah. <laughs> oh. I don't know. The, the, is that a real question? No, it's not. It was supposed to be best, but we knew you weren't going to answer that one either. Uh, yeah, I can't really put people on the spot like that. Yeah, you that's got too kinda, many fans. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, yeah, that's kind of harsh. All right. Um, harsh. Uh, favorite pizza topping? Oh, shit. That's a favorite. Uh, um, <laughs> got him again. <laughs> I don't know. This is yeah. This is an odd one. Maybe, right, how about uh, this one? Uh, I'm Fine. gonna go with onions, oh, just because you never see them on there. Didn't yeah. see that coming. <laughs> um, I'm favorite, a huge onion fan. <laughs> favorite uh, topping for your French fries? Uh, I'll go with some chili mayo or some ketchup. Oh, chili, chili mayo. mayo. Yeah, because that's big over there. They do like yeah. the cones of French fries, right? Yeah, that, 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 that's more of a Dutch thing. Dutch yeah, thing. yeah. But um, nah, Copenhagen. I mean, yeah. It used to be just uh, used to be just ketchup. Actually, we had this this uh, the remoulade sauce. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you heard of that. But yeah, some people eat French fries with that. But uh, then later on, it was like yeah, um, people would get hip to the to the mayo. But I'm not like straight mayo is kind of gnarly for me. They really glob it on. Yeah, them. yeah. It's kind of like uh, like. That one, uh, what is it, Pulp Fiction? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, in Denmark, did they change the term farting under a blanket to a Danish oven? <laughs> or is it still a Dutch oven? <laughs> uh, I think it's still a Dutch oven, yeah. But uh, <laughs> but you know what? While on the subject, we do have some funny, obviously the our words are different to English words. Uh, so we actually have a uh, city that's called Middle Fart. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, so Where's Middle Fart? Uh, country or what? Uh, nah, it's like kind of on the on the water. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You, you'll you'll drive through. If you drive from Copenhagen and drive straight without getting on the ferry, if you drive straight to Germany, you'll you'll pass through. You pass through the Middle Fart. Well, yeah. What are <laughs> the chances you're gonna build a skate park in Middle Fart? Uh, could, could chance could be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing in the works right now, but, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, uh, if the city of middle fart called us to, to, to do a project for him. All right. And yeah. if someone wants a rune and like design skate park, where should they hit you guys up? Uh, on the web or uh, Instagram. Yeah. Glyphbergalike.com. That's, that's, uh, yeah. L Y K K E. Cool. Yeah. Boom. 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 Well, those are all the questions I have. That's that a was, wrap. That was a lightning Thank round. You. That yeah. was amazing. Thank you, brother. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Just like that. You guys are the best. We're as in always. we're out. <laughs> Sick. <laughs>